are listening to The Seventh Reel. This week, Harold and Maude. Michelle, take it away. Harold and Maude is a 1971 <laughs> American coming-of-age dark comedy drama film directed by Hal Ashby, released by Paramount Pictures. <laughs> that was very informative. It was, not it? So someone in the cast is called Vivian Pickles, and it's not, not the best name you've yeah, ever heard in your life. the mother. It's so... <laughs> yeah. The mother is great Vivian in this. Pickles. She's so funny. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, she's Amazing. pretty funny. Michelle, this is your pick. Yes. Why did you Why did you embark allow us to embark on this cinematic? Because I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can, can 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 give us a little more. <laughs> I just think it's fun. I don't know. It plays with like your expectations oh, a bit, mm-hmm. which is fun to watch. Like after you've seen it a few times. Is this the uh, quintessential guilt film? What? No, but that's not. It, it, it is strange that they, you know, make love. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably stranger to say. But I was I was like kind of I didn't see that coming. I mean I knew they would strike up a friendship, but I wasn't like you know, expecting that. There they mm. go yeah. all the way. All the way. And she's mm. wait, eighty by the end of it, right? <laughs> Seventy nine. This I, I, I thought this movie was really interesting in that it feels very it feels gently countercultural. Cultural is that mm-hmm. considering it came out in seventy one? Yeah, it's very hippie, but without like and yes. I don't know the annoyingness. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah, it's not and pretentious like, yeah, about it. It's not just just a yeah. stoner being crazy, or not not crazy, but just being yeah. a stoner. Yeah, man, yeah. free love, man. It's not that. Yeah, it's sort of it subverts that in a way. Yeah, plays with uh, that kind of role, but in a totally different way. Like he's always wearing suits and stuff. It's not like he's like mm-hmm. dying to be, uh, you know, it's uh, just a slacker or something. It's kind of just goes at it from a different angle where it's like, well, it's all very. It feels very ideological, more because so it takes like, away that surface yeah. level stuff. Because it's no, that's all mm-hmm. I had. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> it's ranked number 45 on the American Film Institute's list of 100 funniest films of all time. And it was also selected for preservation in the National Film Registry of the Library of Congress. Which, do you know about this? Huh. No. Well, because there's like a big vault mm-hmm. somewhere in the Library of Congress. Uh-huh. It's just got a load of films that they think are worth preserving mm-hmm. in like tightly sealed mm-hmm. vaults so that we won't lose them. Wow. What film would you put in there, Yusuf, that you think is worth preserving um, to the end of time? I don't know. Boyhood or something? Probably it's not an interesting answer. Really? Yeah, it's probably <laughs> going to be something that... Well, if if the purpose is yeah. to preserve, yeah. a, you know, an idea of what humanity mm-hmm. is, I guess that's sort of emblematic of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but is it, are you saving it for, like, an alien to find? Or are you saving it so that, like... If the world got yeah. bombed, somehow this vault saves and there's like this one person left. And oh, no, I didn't think about it this way. I thought there would, okay, oh. let's say there's a nuclear bomb that goes off and then a bunch of people underground. Now, right. three generations later, they live in this bunker. They're like, oh, uh, you know, I don't, I never knew what right. life was like outside. If you put Robocop on, there would be like, that's, I, okay, well, <laughs> doesn't seem all that great i don't know so i thought boyhood would be a good idea they'd be like okay we get it i like the idea of the concept of ethan Hawke yeah. existing. if any actor deserves it i feel like i think man yeah 
Yeah, I think what he would be Chai there. Chaplin? Oh yeah, yeah oh, I guess. Yeah. He's universal. Honestly, he's I would say timeless. he's. He but one. these people live in a bunker. Well, did they come out of the bunker and then they've gone searching for vault? Oh, hmm, interesting. That's, yeah. What would you guys put in this vault? What? All the Charlie Chaplin Okay, right. Arvin, your pick. Honestly, I was tempted to put like the before trilogy, mm-hmm. in, but that's no link later. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to give him too much. Credit put in. Uh, what? What? Sure. what um, everybody wants say. some. Um, I think Scorsese. Everybody. <laughs> it's just the most like it's. Well, that's not even his most unremarkable. Have you seen that one where when it's about Iraq veterans feeling sad or Vietnam vets feeling sad with Steve Carell called Last. Fl- it's called Last Flag Flying. And it's about Steve Carell's, who's a Vietnam vet, and his son went to Iraq and got his head blown off or something. Well, speaking of people getting their heads blown off, back to Harold and Molly, even though that doesn't really happen in the movie. But it does have a, there is yeah. a lot of simulated death in it. Did you, um, this is a, this is a very good comedy. Like, I, I thought this was, um, it was very funny mm. throughout most of the entire journey. And I appreciate the, the, like, that they like funerals. Mm. Because if I tell people that I like funerals, they look, my mom yelled at me when I said, why didn't you let me go to the funeral? This person I didn't know because I like them. Wait, so what, what is it about them that fascinates you? Well, it's like the only place you can learn about someone's mm. life. And then like, it's probably not accurate because it's someone else relaying it. Mm-hmm. But like, you just don't learn these things about people because they just, they're not said when yeah. they're alive. And I just think that's interesting. Yeah, that is fascinating. Well, I, 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 I also, I, I don't enjoy, but I find it very interesting to see how different people mourn and stuff. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I find that fascinating too. Like grief comes into very different, many, many different forms. In Taiwan, we have one where we get stripper poles, stripper really? funerals. That's a thing in Taiwan. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pole dancers or pole dancing funerals. We'll just like uh-huh. pop your casket on this truck, on this pickup, and then surround it with girls with on metal with pole on poles, and they dance to EDM, I and that's like the celebration. Is it's insane. Is this real? That's it's not. Amazing. It's not a bit. Uh, it's real. I, I I'm assuring you, it's real. We do this in Taiwan. The, uh, the, the that's most, so much yeah. better than anyways. Michelle, just just listening to the Quran. I Ugh. know. Okay, <laughs> seems way more fun. Are Catholic funerals any different, Michelle? How am I meant to know? I've never been to any other than a Catholic funeral. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, I, I think I maybe went to a non-Catholic yeah. funeral, but it could have been a Catholic funeral. Were there funeral. strippers? Or did you listen to the Quran? There were not no. strippers. Okay. No, but at this funeral, mm-hmm. um, I was sat next to my mom, and then like this girl at the front who was... I think it was a grandmother mm. had died and she had like she left the church because she was crying so much and then my mom just turned to me so dramatic <laughs> oh my god you're <laughs> <laughs> that's so dramatic <laughs> so your your mom is kind of like the mom in the movie or no no, no she's, <laughs> she's not like what, no. what are you doing Rochelle why do you love funerals Nah, she's not that bothered. These guys are t- the, the mom in this movie is too rich to. Yeah, <laughs> I love how she keeps trying to set him up with a wife. I love mm-hmm. I love all those interludes mm-hmm. the, and the escalation. And I love the last girl. <laughs> yeah, who's it bummed him out movie. that she was oh, into man. it. <laughs> that was so cr- uh, That's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just got into it. I thought I that thought was so he liked the oh, really? when I first well, watched. Yeah, it. I thought that was. Fun. I assumed the, I thought that, that was would kind be. Where he was like, oh, they finally found the one. But then all of a sudden he goes and has sex with Maud. 
which is wants to yeah. marry her yeah uh, <laughs> well and then so so she's a holocaust survivor they dropped that in as well yeah, yeah. very yes. subtly though it's not like shoved down your throat they don't make a yeah, big song and dance about it yeah. i appreciate that they trust the yeah, audience well i i mean i found so much about this movie uh, fascinating first off the protagonist you know uh, you guys have seen parks and rec uh, well, yeah. there's this character yeah. Oren, and he speaks in the same way, <laughs> right? Arvid, is it oh not God. the same? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> yes, yes. I know when you're going to die, <laughs> that kind of thing, and he has the same blank, you know, stare. And it's also a reference to Oren from Infinite Jest because it's a Mike Schur show. So, uh, Michelle, you should watch Park. You should watch, that can be your next show, show Michelle. Okay, but it's the like The fact. Office. Well, it's lighter than the uh, office, I think. So, so yeah, it's uh, the main character. Like, he wasn't all that. Like, he's not like um, Juno or whatever. You're not like, wow, this guy's sick. Yeah, no. like, ugh. Oh, so there's, <laughs> sorry, there's going to be a, a sequel, but it was oh, never really? made. It was called Harold's Story. Yeah. Oh. And then they, they also, they considered a prequel, which was going to be Grover and Maud. Ah, who's Grover? I don't know. Oh, okay. So it's just some other guy before Star. Harold. <laughs> just so they were gonna the have Richard Pryor wow. play him. Mm, that's insane. I will watch that. You were dead, dead. Rest in peace. I know. But Ruth Gordon, she's in um, Rosemary's Baby, right? Yeah, she's the neighbor. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. But yeah, oh, she's so good in yeah. Rosemary's Baby. She's so good. Oh in yeah, that. yeah, she she's is. She's good in this yeah. as well. Of course. I think she's great in this. I love the little quirks in like the production design. I love her house, like her shack thing mm. at the train yard. I love it's every little. There's so many little details in there. <laughs> I like like she huffs oxygen and um and the and well, songs. I, so what did you think about the music? I, I've heard uh, a lot of before, <laughs> just through his filmography, <laughs> yeah. as through his discography, Jesus. And so it was kind of like, oh, you know that thing when you know the song, but you, for independent of the yeah. movie and yeah so it was just strange yeah, independent but, of the i movie. mean i love all of these songs and you know that song that song father and son was made for this movie but not in it yeah i was expecting it to pop up when i when i was watching the second time because it's because it's like his yeah. father's yeah. not like, in most it of his father. they were like cat we told you there's yeah, no dad sense. in this but it's a good song <laughs> please <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not gonna use it <laughs> they saved that for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Did too. they actually put that? In? Oh, they did. It was actually they no, kind of they kind of earned, earned one of the better efforts. The power of overkill. <laughs> Just what? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you don't see it anymore. Oh. Where it's just like a one, like single artist, yeah, band, whatever soundtrack. That's true. Like the last film mm. I can remember doing it is like well, Radiohead guy. But that's he's Ooh, like his own uh, independent artist the now. So Suspiria thing. Oh, Tom York. Oh yeah, and, and John. Green is that his John Greengrass? Green is that his name? The guy who John did Greenwood. Is that his name? Well, <laughs> no, it's fine. So I remember when I said <laughs> that guy's name, the author. Um, <laughs> I don't. So I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eugenides or Eugenides? I don't know what his name is. Oh yeah, yeah. Eugenides. <laughs> Eugenides. Sounds like a disease. <laughs> <But> anyways. <laughs> 
Oh, by the way, to further date this uh, podcast episode, Yusuf, I, on behalf of Taiwan, Why? I officially apologize for blocking no, up your, 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 your Is that canal. a Taiwanese ship? The... It's fine. Oh, my God. Yes. Wait, Dad. I am so confused about where the Suez Canal oh, is. I thought it was in Panama. Oh, my Panama God. Canal. Isaac made the same mistake. Oh, my yeah. God. You and King <laughs> Isaac so made this shit. What's with you, like, people not understanding? <laughs> but then I thought it was in Hungary, and then I thought it was, like... Why would it be in Hungary? Somewhere else. Why would it be in the Caribbean? Hungary? I, I mean, the honestly, the if I was continents. not uh, from Egypt, I would probably have the same guesses, so I don't... Arvin, exactly. you're smarter than us, <laughs> but... But they dislodged yeah, the boat. Yeah. They dislodged the, the boat. Yes. I saw a video of good, a bunch yeah. of guys on a boat chanting. <laughs> <laughs> And it was <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. So, as as uh, as on behalf of like representing my country as its official ambassador, I'd like well, to thank you. I accept it. That's fine. Yeah, apology. Yeah. Yeah, no, just, an I just want to make it more formal. Hasn't been really back like... to the country in two years. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. Um, it's fine. Well, oh we accept God. your apology and exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we can end this fiasco amicably. Okay, back to <laughs> it's the really film. Funny though. N- I'm no, sorry. Right, what was the last film that you remember that had a single person well, soundtrack? Does, to- oh, no, Suspiria. Does that Suspiria. mean yeah. he the did recent? all yeah, Tom- the like? Does that just mean the yeah. arrangements and stuff? He did all the yeah, tracks. but they're not like he songs, the- right? Yeah, he did all the. Because you could say Hans Zimmer did yeah. all the soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, that That's doesn't right. count. Because no, I think I forgot the name. The Matt Damon one where he's the janitor, but he's Good Will Hunting. Yeah, Good Will that Hunting. One. That's the last Wait, one. Who I did that? Elliot oh, Smith. But they were songs like songs, songs. They're like you're yeah. wiping the floor, <laughs> and now you're gonna <laughs> do some math. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I guess uh, yeah, I I don't remember. Any, I don't even know if I know any. Uh, this was the first time I've seen, it, but it was great. I like the mm-hmm. the whole like it gave it a unique feel. Like it wasn't like just music cues. It was just like this is part of the vibe of the movie. I like how much of it borders on farce at points. How he that's like the scene where he gets himself out of uh, military school oh, by yeah. ki- by staging the death the murder of an old woman, <laughs> which is great because that's when the, like the con- counterculture stuff starts kicking in, right? Like he's like, oh, this this is in this they're still in Vietnam like at this point, and yeah, and they did it in a way that feels like both it's sat- satirical it yet like not overwhelming it's and dumb. Okay, stretch. Okay, so okay. we can cut that out. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm gonna re-record myself saying satiric. It's a new book by Greg Utenashis. Satirical. So I think there are actually references to the Seventh Seal in this. Oh really? Yeah. Like I mean, the Seventh Seal is a lot sadder when they do, but the stuff where he's on like a hill, just on his own, like walking. So like the end of the, the seventh seal is like they're all holding hands with death and just walking along the hillside. Mm. And I remember in my head there's mm. a scene where they're dancing doing that, but I don't think that happened. <laughs> or maybe it did. I don't know. What did you think of the mm. ending, Yusuf? Like the last, I literally like the last like two minutes. Well, was I was confused as to how he got you, out of the and, car, but maybe I missed uh-huh. it. It's just the whole like rebel without a cause thing. Uh, oh wait, did he die I in that? Seen it. I don't know. Because it's a bit where they're meant to roll out. Hmm. Like, the car's going, but they're meant to roll out. And I think someone didn't. I haven't seen that for ages. Hmm. But 
I don't know. He rolled out. Yeah, and then <laughs> played a banjo. I I like the ending. I mean, it's a little heartbreaking. It's a little bit heartbreaking. But but I liked um, it. Like it's not. She didn't. Her existence. I don't know. Like it wasn't dependent on him, right? She made her own choice. I guess. No, I'm mean, no. I meant for him. Like what saved uh-huh. him wasn't like did he found love mm-hmm. in her. It was the like yeah he did find that but it wasn't just that he's like she showed she showed her like a whole new way of living and how to see life yeah. in a different mm-hmm. way mm. yeah totally I like the, yeah the contrast between them mm. yeah oh man it's it was so light too it was like felt like a, just a fun movie and the perfect length yeah. yeah oh my god yeah that's yes. so true every movie should be just not according minutes. to Judd Apatow <laughs> has Scorsese ever made a movie that's like like 90 minutes street probably i don't remember uh taxi driver i haven't seen it's one hour 54 minutes Um, so i thought mm. it was Uh, i mean that's an okay i I accept a leeway of up to two hours yeah i mean i think taxi driver is like really good though lengthwise and content wise like paced this has been Taxi Driver <laughs> talked about in Herald of the Mod episode. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. We should do that. Sh- 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 shall we take a break? Yeah. Okay. Bye. And we're back. Now to my personal favorite segment. What did Roger Ebert say? Who framed Roger Who fra- Oh my god. I'm never gonna get this right. It's like, I need this to be like right in front of me next time. Okay. <laughs> Who framed Roger Ebert? Roger Ebert did not like this movie. <gasps> we're not discussing it then. He's cut from the podcast. <laughs> he gave, he gave this one and a half Fact. star. <laughs> I give him zero stars. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, I'm curious as to why, though. So... What did he say? Here we go. And so what we get finally is a movie of attitudes. Harold is death, Maud, life, and they manage to make the two seem so similar that life's hardly worth the extra bother. The visual style makes everyone look fresh from the wax museum. And all the movie lacks is a lot of day-old gardenias and lilies and roses in the lobby, filling the place with a cloying sweet smell. Nothing more to report today. Harold doesn't even make Paul bearer. I don't even know what that means. He didn't hold the coffin of Yeah, I guess. But does she even have no. a funeral? Well, they don't even show that. You know what? When we, Roger, Roger even can talk yeah. shit when well, he wants to. <laughs> yeah, because he just doesn't know what he's talking about. I bet he fell asleep. <laughs> Maybe he had like a bad day when he saw it. <laughs> I think he did. And I will never forgive him. I kind of understand what... I kind of expected Roger Ebert not to like this. Not understand, but I expected. Yeah, this doesn't yeah. seem like his kind of movie. Do you think he likes Richard Linklater movies? So I wonder what he's like. It makes me wonder, like a loose, because this is like a looser narrative structure. It's not like a tight like narrative experience. Yeah, I think this is just a, a fun, too, this is too fun for him. He's like, this is too nice of a time at the movies, I feel. I don't know. We're going to give his review one star. Not zero star. Zero you can't. Star. That's not allowed. You can give him half a star. Okay, yes, no. we shall change the rules. So, uh, the next segment is usually what we watch during the week. Mm-hmm. Arvin, so, what what have, what you have watched? we watched? This I've scattered like remnants of media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't watch much. Michelle, what have you seen this week? I have a lot of essay deadlines. 
so I've watched like two episodes of Shit's Creek. <laughs> but is that worth checking out? That's something I've been meaning to also check out. I don't know. Is it like, superstore level of the fist? <laughs> no, I don't yeah. think it is. Like I'm on the second season mm-hmm. now, but I just after the first few episodes, I was getting kind of mm-hmm. bored, and I don't know how it's gonna change going forward. Mm-hmm. So. I I watched Better Call Saul five seasons worth of <laughs> Better Calling Saul, and he only gets to be Saul Goodman by season four. Which uh, so they should have called it something else. I think mm-hmm. should have called it Asshole Brother. <laughs> That's because literally, I honestly I called my brother after like season one. I was like, I'm so sorry. I hope I didn't ever. <laughs> You in such a bad way. I love you. And my brother's like, what's going on? <laughs> because honestly, the way his brother treats him on that show is is done so well and in such a real way that you kind of understand yes. his yeah it feels so authentic it, it feels like a real relationship that's yeah. what scares me it's like you know the things you can do to people you supposedly are supposed to love and yeah it's it that that's what really drew me into the show the, the <laughs> guy who was cast is perfect michael mckean or something he's he's so good at it like at one point they sing karaoke and he does it so subtly they sing karaoke I'm like, i sound like i just learned to speak uh they they're doing karaoke and they and he bob odenkirk's acting is so so you know like in comparison to like all these heavy hitting guys you know it's like okay he's he's doing his best and he's not like exactly like uh, famous for being a thespian but honestly he does a good job so he's pulling him to to try to get him to do karaoke with him and have fun and sing with him and blah blah and the guy does it so well where he's like obviously such a like perfectionist hog that he eventually edges out the <laughs> Saul or Jimmy and uh, sings the winner takes it all by Ava and and because his voice is so much better it, like it's it's so good it's just all these little things that the Vince Gilligan does or whoever wrote that Peter Gould or whatever they do these things where it's kind of like so obvious to you like in the same way in Breaking Bad where they're like oh he's playing with a knife that means he's uh, toying with something that's uh, dangerous and it's like it seems like such obvious symbolism but honestly it's done in such a way that's it's so uh, it's still surprising and kind of you know not crass or I, I don't know what the words are but it's it's good i can't believe i slept on this show i just kept like putting it off and the relationship story in it is amazing like the the kim wexler character the, between him and yes that was, yeah, that was great yeah it's such a good love story at the same like, time it, compr- like, oh. it like where oh. whereas breaking bad was this one thing and they obviously like hit that out of the park this has all these different things like mm-hmm. you were saying arvin before and and then you know the breaking bad of it all the drug dealing and the cartel stuff which you know they're really good at is like like top notch is like the best you could watch of like those types of things and then the other stuff is done so well that you're also like i can't believe this contains all of that as well like i don't know maybe i haven't seen breaking bad in a while but this is amazing I think they learned it well. It's it's. I think if you, I like the idea. Like it's, this is like a Vince Gilligan. I think in his creative vision, his or his creative yeah. tool set, like maturing 
and him going like, well, now I'm not just the guy who made Breaking Bad and wrote Hancock, by the way, he did that. Which, I, I would say that he's always always shown like a very interesting eye for genre, for conveying genre, like, you know, how Breaking Bad is such a fresh take on like the crime genre. And how he tried to do that, the same thing with Hancock, where he plays yeah. a certain... Have you guys seen that? Have you guys seen Hancock? Like, the stuff he plays with in terms of, what? Like... Is that the one with the dog? With Will Smith. With no. the dog? As... <laughs> no, that's I Am Legend. Oh, I remember because the dog dies and it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know, yeah, 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 I figure. You know, in uh, I Am Legend, um, the, the book, the dog is actually the bad it's guy. It's good, I read the... <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. You know how in no, the book, he's actually the villain for the vampires. He's the villain, yeah. Ah, clever, clever. Clever, clever. <laughs> no, no, it's I'm a... sorry I'm an idiot. And, and I, <laughs> with, my, with my pretension, with my pretentious <laughs> is true in your joke. It's a really good book, though. It's a part of a, it's a, it's a, part of a larger short, short story collection, right? At least that's how I read it. Like, there were other stories attached class, to it. So I read for class, so I don't know. I like sped through mm-hmm. it. Wow, that's a yeah. It baller was, it was a, a, class, an like, English lit class that was sci-fi and uh, fantasy. We read a bunch of other stuff. Cool. Well, that brings us to our next week's recommendations. So, yes, the 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 the, the exclamation of surprise. We've arrived. The end of the line, boys and girls. All right. So my recommendation for next week. Oh wait, our recommendations. Oh yeah, and then I'd recommend what we're gonna watch next week. I'm 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 I nearly said a bad word. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, let's go. What, uh, what's your recommendation? Um, <laughs> well, uh, shouldn't Michelle go first since it's her? Yeah, Michelle should go first then. I choose Woody Allen's Manhattan. Oh, interesting choice. Because of Why the recent uh, uproar over Woody Allen's. <laughs> <laughs> Not actually. Although a lot of people do use that film to build the case against him. That's just dumb. I, just, I think it's a good film regardless of like he dates like a 16 year old in it. But that's because it's cool. And illegal. <laughs> With it, all the cool stuff is illegal. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what the government's doing. That. Arvin, what, what are you recommending? I'm, I'm trying to think of like something that's offbeat and cool like this. And to be honest, this, this movie's really original. Uh, it's hard, it's hard for me to like, think of like, an immediate like, companion. Compa- Wes Anderson. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. It is, it does. The vi- visually and like the color palettes at times. Well, in that case, I want to recommend, in terms of like just the relationship with death, oh, Life Aquatic. The Life Aquatic. So for my recommendation, I want to recommend Life Aquatic by Steve with Steve Zissou. First of all, this is the movie that introduced me to David Bowie music because the entire soundtrack is like Portuguese, the Portuguese covers of all these David Bowie tracks. My pick is Rushmore by Wes Anderson. (laughs) Yeah, isn't it amazing? It's... I have to admit, I don't remember much of it. Oh, what are you... uh, Wait, I forgot the joke, but he's like, uh, what are you wearing? Uh, I'm an OR... I'm an OR scrubs. Oh, are they? (laughs) Then he laughs at his own joke. <laughs> well, um, I rec- I think because well, this movie kind of well, I guess Wes Anderson reminds me of this movie because of the color palette and the dynamic between the older teacher and uh, Jason Schwartzman, but it's very different in this movie. Like he's you know sort of insufferable, or as it's known, reverse Woody Allen. Uh, <laughs> that's what they call it. I don't. Um, Wait, call what? 
older woman that was, younger. That was the uh, that was the Chinese yeah, title. Yeah. <laughs> That's good joke. You know how in other countries, uh, in in China, at least in Taiwan and China, we tend to take movies and not try to apply a literal translation, but like try to give it like its own our own thematic twist mm. to try and make like because the how do you translate the Shawshank Redemption right? Like it's hard to. So instead, we call it explosive 1985 or 1965, mm-hmm. 70, whatever year like that place that movie wow. takes place in. That's the name. And the mummy is the legend mm, of ghosts and demons. <laughs> Make it yeah, as I know that um, Edgar Wright used to say this. That Step Up's title in French was "Sexy Dance." <laughs> so, <laughs> I kind of understand the impulse. I think the hangover in France mm-hmm. is bad night out, which bad is bad night out. Yeah, yeah, because you want to get the message across. This is what you're gonna be seeing. Because it's weird to like translate the literal. Yeah. You know, maybe there's no word for it. Exactly. Like exactly. But you know, stuff like Kong versus Godzilla will be mm-hmm. Kong versus Godzilla. There's there's no two ways around it. Unfortunately. Yeah, those are names though. Um, yeah. Anyways, be... on to, so I have chosen the film we shall be discussing next week. I believe this is kept at under two hours, or at least, I think it's, it's I remember it being very tight and lean, so. Well, it's I'll called Opera. Check. Okay. It's 94 minutes. It's called Operation Avalanche. All right. And the logline is, in 1967, four undercover CIA agents were sent to NASA posing as a documentary film crew. What they discovered led to one of the biggest conspiracies in American this? history. I have seen this. I think it's a work of genius mm-hmm. in terms of... Uh, so, what you had noticed that this is mo- this movie was made in 2016 with mm-hmm. no budget. They taught that they pretended to be film students or a documentary crew to get into Stanley Kubrick's own studio in England. So, to shoot the fictional scene of them posing as CIA yeah. agents going come to Stanley Kubrick to ask him to direct the movie. Uh. Yes, it's insane. It's insane. There are so many cool little touches of um cool. metafiction and what it like yeah, um watch it. I I think you guys will be, be very surprised okay. by where it takes you. I remember being quite floored by it when I first saw it. Yeah. Anyways, that's that will be our my recommendation uh, my my our pick. Your pick. What do we call it? Our our pick, my pick for next week. Oh, there you go. Awesome! I'm. I look forward to it. It's and it's Titan Lean. It's ninety-four minutes. It's by a guy from like really? uh, Mississauga, Matt Johnson. Matt Johnson. Yeah. Fake name. He did this. Yeah, he did this other. You'll like this show. It's called Nirvana, the band, the show, and it's just about this guy called. They want to call themselves Nirvana, but because the mana is already taken, they call themselves Nirvana, the band, and they. And the entire show is just them trying to book a a play a a, a, a mm-hmm. to open at the Ritz in Toronto. I think oh, it's just this, yeah. this bar. It's great. You would like it. And that's it. Thank you, dearest listeners, for joining us for yet another episode of the Seventh Rio. You guys Seven do the tagline, buddy. And- uh, thanks for listening. Join us next time. Bye. Bye. Stay safe. Prosper. The Seventh Reel is hosted by Yusuf Elbashir, Michelle Hassel, and Margaret Wong. Logo created by Sho Kati. And theme song composed by Yehia Elbashir. Thanks for listening.